0: What's up, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co host Jack. No shreff today, but we do have two guests who I will introduce in a second. But welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to the 162nd episode. Welcome back. We have another great episode, jam packed. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to be diving into some college football at some point, which we haven't done in quite a while, but we will be discussing some of the recent coaching changes um i'm sure jack will have a lot to say about that one and we'll be talking about the conference championship weekend that ensued this uh, on saturday a lot of big games and uh talking about the the seedings and the college football playoff that were announced on sunday morning or early afternoon and i know that's in a couple of weeks but we'll be giving our early previews for that and kind of going forth with that um i guess i'll introduce our guests today um first we have joey is here you all know joey
1: oh guys <laughs> glad to be back play the sound what sound i did
2: wasn't to torn-
0: it did you hear it no oh what the heck i had a whole plan let's see if you guys can hear it now. Play it again
1: oh thanks guys i was waiting for that <laughs> it's not gonna be cheers
0: so joey's here uh (laughs) also uh jake Matola joins us again he's been on the show a few times he's our resident bills expert right and um we wanted to have him on after last week's uh game so we won't spend too much time i don't want to torture you jake but um Mm -hmm. thanks for uh putting on a brave face and joining the show today
3: yeah i appreciate it monday night was a bit of a disaster um I'm, I'm still uh it feels like i'm being rained on constantly <laughs> but i think this is my second time on the show third time on the show i think about two times before Um happy to be back and uh be chatting with you guys you can be here for a hard wide nation so
0: yeah thank you i think yeah i think it is your third i think you were on an episode with me and connor last year and i think october but then i think you also we called you um when we called a bunch of fans remember jack after the nfl draft right. uh, Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, yeah i think
0: we got his quick take on the Bills draft. So so yeah, welcome back today. Like I said, we have a lot to talk about. Um, We're going to be kind of talking about the Eagles, uh, the Bills and the Steelers games uh, this past weekend. Um, You know, the Steelers and the Bills were very close, very intense, and the Eagles kind of handedly beat the Jets. So we'll definitely be getting into that. As I said, um, talking a little bit about college football as well. And then as always, we'll give our locks of the week. Shreff did send his in, so we do have those, and we'll be sharing them with you guys. And uh, and Jake will be giving his locks as well, a uh, little guest prediction. So we could start out today with Eagles rant of the week. Um, the Eagles defeat the New York Jets 33-18. Gardner Minshew starts in place of Jalen Hurts, and he had a fantastic game. He went 20 of 25. I think he started like 11 of 11, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that uh 242 yards, two touchdowns. And I found this interesting. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Eagles have never lost to the Jets. Did you know that?
1: Yeah. Oh, really.
0: Uh, yeah, they're 12 and 0 all time against the Jets. So, it's pretty interesting. I I found that out um I think I was listening to the radio like the week leading up to the game and I I just found that very interesting and I just confirmed it before we Weird. started recording tonight, but But yeah, what did you guys think? I don't know how much of this game you guys caught. I only saw a little bit of it. Um, They looked like they pretty handled uh, handled them pretty handedly. Uh, The Jets kicker was missing a lot. I think. I think they Alex Kessman,
2: Pitts kicker last year.
0: Oh, it was Pitts kicker last year. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so talk a little about them, what you know. I don't know anything. I didn't even know that.
2: I don't. I don't have too too many good things to say. I, so he's well, pretty bad? Well, the thing is, he does hold the record for longest field goal in Heinz Field. Unless Basel broke that this year. I don't think he did. At, I think, 53 or 55. He's actually very good from long distance, but the short it's the short ones that get him. <laughs> and it showed on Sunday. He missed his first two extra points. And I don't believe he's still on the roster as we speak.
3: <laughs> no, they signed somebody else. I think they've had, like, 11 kickers in the last three years. Oh, yeah.
2: Yikes. <laughs>
0: Lot of turnover. I know they had Matt Amendola uh earlier this year. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if they cut him or he got hurt, but he wasn't there last week. And uh they quickly move on from uh Kessman. So yeah, pretty bad. Uh but back to the Eagles. What do you guys think? Um there's been a little buzz. I don't think it's serious buzz, but you know, quarterback controversy? Probably no, not. But
1: no, probably not. I mean, like, honestly, like, it was, it was a good win, but like, obviously it wasn't like, it wasn't like the Detroit Lions when we had earlier this year, we won like 40 to zero, I mean, 40 to three or something like that, like, I know it's a bad team, just like the Jets, but at the end of the day, like, those are the type of wins that make you like confident in your team. Like, we were down after the first quarter, and I was kind of like, this, this is stupid, like, we're actually going to like blow it against the Jets, Like he blew it like against the Giants last week. But um no, I honestly, if you don't turn the ball over, you're gonna beat the Jets, and that's what Gardner Minshew did, and that's exactly what we needed him to do. Just take care of the ball, and like it, do, like it doesn't mean anything for the rest of my season, like for the rest of the season for for me. That's just my opinion. Do
3: you guys yeah, know def- Eagles are forty and eighteen with a backup quarterback since two
2: thousand six. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a record for you.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: they um mentality. They've definitely invested a lot in the backup quarterback position. Clearly, I mean, they won the Super Bowl with one. Everyone knows that. Um, but as that stat just shows, I mean, they uh, they're one of the better teams that have a backup quarterback. So that's 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 uh, that's good for them. And th- I think Joe, you brought up a good point. I think Minshew wasn't asked to do a ton. Um, he made the short and intermediate throws and completed a high percentage of his passes and that's all he, you really need to do as long as as long as you don't beat yourselves beat yourself you're going to beat the Jets yeah I know. think that I think it comes sure. down to that so
1: that's why, like, that first stat you said about us being 12 and 0 against them it's less of a compliment than it is just uh, a sign of how bad the Jets have always been so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and I think the Saints get Alvin Kamara back this week when they face the Jets so oh
1: good luck he should be back
0: yeah yeah so oh. good luck to them but on COVID list
1: now or whatever.
3: No, no he's just he been hurt. What was All his right. ankle foot injury? I thought he was on COVID.
0: Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think? Are the Eagles going to make the playoffs? Yes. Hmm. They have two matchups first Washington, one against the Giants and one against Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. I don't not in that order, but
3: yeah, see, I think their biggest competition for the playoffs is the the football team. Right? Because the football team is in that seventh spot right now. Right. And they've got two games against them. And having the Eagles pretty much owned the football team last two years or three years. And I just I I haven't seen much out of anybody on the, on that Washington defense outside of Chase Young, who has been really
2: so hurt. He's been hurt now, right?
3: Yeah. So yeah. like that team, that, that defense is doing worse than they were expected to. Uh, the offense is currently being held afloat by Heineke, but who knows how long that can last. Um, they're really relying on a, a less than stellar quarterback who's probably a, a better than above backup, but not a very good starter. So um, I, I just I don't see how the, the, the football team gets past the Eagles defense with the way they're playing right now. Um, they, they look pretty good. Slays playing great. Um, defensive line's getting pressure. It's just those those backup linebackers that wouldn't start for, like, any other team are doing okay, so.
0: Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be close. It's definitely going to come down to those two matchups. Do you think eight and nine is good enough? Because they're six and seven right now. If they go two and two in their final four, do you think that would be enough?
3: Well, I think they're going to sweep Washington and beat the Giants, so.
0: Yeah, nine, nine and eight would get in, especially if they sweep Washington. I think that kind of all but seals it. Um, who's so their other?
2: So they, they have four more games, right? Who Who's the other one?
0: It's all Dallas. divisions. Two Washington, Dallas, and Giants.
2: Oh, Dallas too. Okay, so we're assuming it should be a loss there. All right.
3: It's week 17 Dallas though, so if Dallas does not have a playoff fight. That's like... true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, week 18, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean definitely setting up for them and you know they have the, the path is in front of them to say the least so yep i mean i unfortunately hope not. I hope not to be honest but
1: honestly i kind of hope not to i'd rather just have a better draft pick than waste our time we're not winning we're nah
0: not. come on you you have two other picks You have yeah, well just...
3: three picks and two of them are teams that well the dolphins probably won't make the playoffs knock on wood they're but.
1: not well, but like we would have three picks then and like then we could actually start you know i don't know I, our O line has been healthy for the first time, like this entire not in this entire season. The past three games, they've finally been healthy because they all fell apart at the beginning of the season. So maybe, maybe we can do it, but yeah, I'm not I'm not holding on to it.
0: I we didn't we didn't plan to talk about the dolphins, but Jake did bring them up quickly. I mean talk, I mean they're they're really what were they one and seven? Now they're six and seven, right? Yep. Five
2: game. Five streak. Seven? No, six, six, seven.
1: They're
3: playing like everybody thought they would at the beginning of the year. The defense kind of turned around. Two is playing just good enough to not fall apart. It's like what the Patriots are doing right now, but they don't have as good of a run game. So they're not. Two is being supported kind of by a very good defense um, that's forcing a lot of turnovers, which can be somewhat luck-based, as we saw at the beginning of the season. They weren't getting those turnovers. So I just, I think that the dolphins are a, a bit of a ride the wave kind of team right now. We'll see how long it takes them, but um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see them getting the, the playoffs with how tight the AFC is. They'd really need to knock off some teams and have some other teams falter, um, especially with how easy the schedule should be for, for the Patriots, the bills and, and some of the other AFC teams that are, are left. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, yeah, they're they're putting together a, a very nice hot streak right now, but it, it's gonna, you know, ultimately, with all likelihood, be too little, too late.
3: Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't had Brissette for what was that five games, maybe it was right. different. But uh, Brissette was looking like the slowest man alive out there who couldn't complete a pass. So
0: yeah, pretty rough. All right, we're gonna move on to the Steelers. Uh, we defeated the Baltimore Ravens twenty to nineteen. Baltimore decided to go for two at the end of the game and they were unsuccessful. So very, uh, ballsy decision by John Harbaugh and ultimately did not pay off for him, but man, what do you, uh, Jack was at the game. So tell us about it. How, what was the atmosphere like? And, uh, kind of walk us through, uh, that final drive there.
2: The atmosphere is great. I mean, it was, it really took me back. It, it kind of felt like the, uh, the rivalry of old, I mean, the rivalry never really went away at the Ravens Steelers, but we think of, when at least when I think about the rivalry, I think about games, like cold games like that in Heinz Field, uh, defensive battles, which just kind of was. Um, I think we should start talking about, start off by talking about TJ Watt. Uh, he's is incredible. His stat line on Sunday, um, three and a half sacks, three tackles for losses, six qb hits and 12 quarterback pressures like that's just that's just absurd I, that t- his sack total is now at 16 and he's played in he's played in 10 games and some of those games like he got hurt and he was like out for a half like this he's just in- incredibly productive like i the sack what's the sack record for this t- sir, a single season it's it's straight hand with was it 22.
0: Might be 22 and a half. I
2: think it's, no, it is 22 and a half. So yeah, he's seven more. I think he's on pace for it, probably. So, I, I, it's not out of the question, especially with his extra game this year, that he's gonna get this sack record. Um, but I mean, the three and a half sacks for first off, not practicing all week, he was in COVID protocol all week, and three and a half sacks against Lamar, the most quickest and mobile quarterback in the league. Like, I, that's just another thing to be impressed about. Um, but about the two book conversion, if I were in the Ravens situation, I know the Ravens and Harbaugh are very, uh, take a very analytical approach, um, in playing the percentages of going for two. And that's just their style being aggressive like that. I feel like if they took us to overtime, they would have beaten us. I mean, they, at that last drive, what Lamar and the Ravens had about a minute and a half to drive the length of the field. Um, well, they did have good field position because of, uh, kickoff is out of bounds, but they, our defense, our defense is good, but we just let up, uh, like a lot of like in crucial moments, like on third and longs, we were pretty poor on Sunday. Um, but anyway, I feel like they could have beaten us in overtime. Luckily they didn't take it overtime. And TJ Watt to thank for that two one conversion. He had the pressure on Lamar who kind of forced a slightly off throw. Um, yeah, I overall was a great game. I don't know, Mitchell, do you have any other thoughts or anyone else?
0: Yeah, it was it was very intense, um, and I was completely on edge just from start to finish. It, it was a great game. Deontay was unguardable; um, they, they, yeah, very they absolutely good. could not stop him. And I, I do kind of agree with you. I mean, I think if you have Justin Tucker, I think I, I think you got to play your chances. I mean, I I do understand the the philosophy of trying to win it right there in regulation, but you know, Justin Tucker kind of gives you that advantage. I think.
3: They, uh, they were running out of healthy cornerbacks, I heard. That too. Yeah,
2: Marlon Humphrey got hurt out for the season. Um, Yeah, that's what Lamar, or not Lamar, that's what Harbaugh said. He said we were, I think he said that exact quote, like we're, we were out of cornerbacks. So that probably contributed to it.
3: I'm, I'm all for going for the win. I mean, they're three inches away from getting that two-point conversion. True. Uh, I mean, even one-inch, Andrews can potentially tip it to himself. I think it was the right play, Steelers. I mean, TJ Watt just came with the pressure there. But yeah. Jack, I will say one thing: Lamar Jackson is the most sacked quarterback in the league. So. Is he? Yeah. So hmm. he, he tends his the issue right now I've seen with people critiquing him mainly on Twitter, um, but is that he he escapes uh, clean pocket too much and sets himself up for a sack. Uh, okay. Uh, so, he also doesn't really have the best wide receivers to get open and kind of.
2: That's also fair
3: downfield. So yep. he's, he's trying to make stuff happen and ends up taking sacks more often than not. But, um, yeah, I watched most of the game. Um, I thought the Steelers defense looked ridiculous. I thought Deontay made me uh, feel sad for trading him last year. But, uh, other than that, you know, the, the Ravens are really hurt. They're really falling off. I, I see them like the Titans. They're just running out of gas as the season comes along. Cause they're playing so many guys that should have been on the practice squad or, or should have been deep reserves. So, um, True. Steelers are, I, I think they're gonna win this week. I didn't pick them for my lock of the week because I figured one of you guys would because they're underdogs somehow against the Vikings, right? Yeah, but uh, I think they'll they'll send along a few wins here. Uh, I don't know if it'll be enough for playoffs, but
0: yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with our schedule coming up here, but we have five games remaining uh this tomorrow we play the vikings at uh, in minnesota on thursday night football then we have the titans at home chiefs on the road browns at home ravens on the road
3: that's so, a tough schedule yeah it's a not job. the easiest tough, schedule yeah
0: um what would you say we go in those five games so what was it at vikings tomorrow thursday night football
3: you win that one yeah i think you win that one home
0: Good. against the titans
3: that one is probably a win, too. Titans are really banged up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Julio yeah. and Julio are playing.
1: A. That's a different story. Is, is A.J. Brown still out? And, I mean, Julio
2: is activated, so, I mean, he should be back for that game. I don't think A.J. Brown will be available. Obviously, they're, Derrick Henry is not either, so I kind of agree with Jake there. I I could see I see us winning that game. The next two I see us winning.
3: At Chiefs. That's – it'll probably be close but I just I don't see the way the offense keeps up with Mahomes right now
0: fair enough last potentially last game home game of Ben Roethlisberger's career Monday Night Football against the Browns
3: depends on how the Browns are playing at the time
2: right they've been so up and down this whole year I agree
3: yeah if they're fighting for the division right there I think Browns might be more, a little more motiv- motivated, um, but we'll see. Well, the Browns
2: won't be fighting for the division. I think we're ahead of the Browns. though. No? we have a better record than them, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're six and six, we're six, five and one the AC North is very tight right now. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. And then what's the last, last week at, at Baltimore?
3: <laughs> that could also be for the division. So
0: really we'll tight i don't know i think I feel yeah, like we'll I,
2: split those last two games
0: we'll yeah, maybe one. i mean in, in that case I don't know. we would have either sw- swept the ravens or swept the browns cuz we've beaten them both so far um, True. in the season so yeah we'll see i guess it, and the browns game is a month away essentially so and with how volatile they've been it's kind of difficult to kind of gauge if what type of game that'll be but um <laughs> All right, I guess that's it for the Steelers. This next part won't be uh, – we'll try to make it quick and painless for you, Jake, but um, if you have any remarks on the game, um, I mean, in my opinion, i it's probably much easier for me to say this as opposed from your perspective, but I would try not to put too much stock into it just because, Joey, what are you doing?
1: Go you? Out, Joey. I don't know why I'm not like
0: – This is why you got booed at the beginning of the show. Jesus, yeah. edit that out. Do your job um what i was saying before i was rudely interrupted uh, is i would try not to put too much stock in that game just because like that was an anomaly like how often is that going to happen again that type of weather it was just a different like i don't you know i don't know go ahead
3: yeah i mean i'm a little more disappointed in our coaching staff than anything right like the narrative coming out of the game on social media was that the patriots ranked down our throats um i don't necessarily think that's true the damien harris run at the beginning of the game was 64 yards and over the final three quarters, they had 83 yards total for three points. So I, I just, they they got that big run early and then just held on. And I think our coaching staff did not take advantage of that from uh, an offensive perspective, uh, multiple strips into the red zone within the, within the 10 yard line, two, two goal to go situations where we just didn't use our best red zone weapon, Josh Allen's legs, um, I thought, based on that final drive, Josh was throwing it perfectly fine. And, and the, the weather, the wind, I mean, you saw that beautiful deep ball that Digs lost. Um, it was just, it felt like a, a comedy of errors between the coaching staff, making poor play call decisions and uh, either untimely, untimely penalties or untimely drops, right? You had two Dawson Knox drops that would have converted for downs pretty wide open. You had the digs drop, that would have been a touchdown taking the lead. Uh, you had, multiple weird penalties, weird sacks that probably shouldn't have happened um, because a guy just missed an assignment or someone was holding on the wrong side of the field, um, which are just unforced errors that probably should have not happened. The Matt Breida fumble at the beginning of the game really switched to the momentum uh, for at least the first quarter until the defense got it back. Um, So, I mean, it just felt like there was a lot of things going against us that were our fault and not the fault of the Patriots. Um, I thought McDermott, put it fine in this press conference. And then there's a lot coming out of that post game press conference between McDermott Hyde and Poyer, uh, for the McDermott one, like someone asked him, was, uh, Belichick in your head was it a psychological challenge to get over. Uh, and McDermott said, no, we just didn't play well, which I think is a good thing to, to say, like, it's, it's not like Belichick completely out scheme them.
1: Yeah. They just
3: ran for dear life and held on. Um, and then the Hyde and Poyer thing, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that. I but did. If we want to talk on that we can. I think completely unprofessional by the the reporter who asked the question. But
2: yeah, I like it's just like a lot of these questions that they ask him like it was basically if you don't know I'll I'll paraphrase I don't know exactly, but he said something like how they ran all over you. Are you, he he referenced their run defense as embarrassing. Like are you guys embarrassed by your run defense? Something along those lines.
3: He said he said was it embarrassing that they only threw three passes against you?
2: Right, like, what do you obviously like?
1: That's what anyone to say, point, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: so, in, in like journal, in journalism, that's called a leading question. You don't want to have a leading question, right? Because mm-hmm. you're telling someone, asking someone how they like directly. Do you feel a certain way? Instead of saying, uh, "For only the second time in NFL history, and a team won by only doing three passes, uh, what's your reaction to that as a veteran NFL player?" Right? Like yeah. that's a good question. That's a tough question. But the fact that people are framing, are you embarrassed, as a tough question, I think is a bit ridiculous. And the yeah. employer is for their reactions to that, uh, especially after a frustrating loss in inclement weather was, I, bit, I think, a bit ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, at that point, there's a way to phrase that, as you just said, um, to make it more professional and more respectful, as opposed to you know, just assuming they're feeling embarrassed, which they probably are, but again... You know, you don't say it like that. So, yeah, totally. Um, and I, I definitely there was definitely some reaction to the McDermott press conference just saying like, oh, he's salty that they lost or whatever. But I, I do kind of agree with you. I like his response because I really think that's what it was. I mean, they, you, it seemed like you guys just shot yourselves in the foot and um, it wasn't really anything that they did. I think you phrased it perfectly how they kind of got the lead early and and held on to it for dear life i think that was a pretty accurate way of kind of saying how things went um so yeah like i said it's just uh hopefully it was just a one-time thing i know they've been kind of playing you know not up to their preseason standards um but you know hopefully that weather kind of game was just an anomaly and they can take care of the Patriots in what is it two three weeks
3: right Two weeks yeah I think that what, what kind of frustrates me more as a fan is that these un, untimely areas it just feels like a lot of the stuff that's happened that lost the Patriots game happened in the other losses as well I mean all five of our losses are uh, no quarterback has done for more than one touchdown in any of those games um, I don't think any of them have gone over 250 yards like good quarterback plays and and good offenses and, and what's needed to beat us. Right. Like we've lost games where teams have scored like 21, like 15, nine and six or something like that. Oh, the Jags so too.
0: I forgot about the Jags. That was definitely yeah, right.
3: Game. This yeah. Jag team was tough. Yeah. Uh, and it's just at this point, it feels like the play calling and some unforced errors on offense are really hamstringing us. Cause I mean, Josh is playing fine. Uh, the stats may not show it because of drops and, and penalties calling plays back. Um, but he's about where he was last year in yards and a little under in completion percentage. And touchdowns are about the same except for rushing. So I don't know. It just feels, it doesn't feel like the offense is a dynamic and they're trying to run the ball a bit too much, uh, even though it's unsuccessful with the running backs. So
2: do you think that's because why do you think it's unsuccessful with running backs? Is it you are you not satisfied, you think, with how Singletary or who, who's leading carries with them? Is it Singletary still?
3: It's Singletary. Uh, the, the, if you look at average uh, yards per four contact, I know in the Jags game it was 0.21 yards before four contact. Okay. Um, we're playing with two backup guards right now. Um, mm-hmm. And we're playing with a backup tackle for several weeks. And I think that there's just been no consistency on the offensive line. Um, and our, our main run mauler that we run behind, Feliciano, has been on IR for a, a calf injury for a little bit. So it's just like there's there's no chemistry now with the offensive line to try and get push for for run blocking. I mean, I think our pass blocking grade tends to be fine, and Josh tends to have a decent amount of time back there, but we constantly do the run run pass thing where you try and establish, try and establish, and it's not going anywhere because running backs are getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. So, gotcha. um, I don't know. It's it's a bit frustrating, uh, but hopefully it's it's not long term issues. But it seems they seem to be compounding.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, just one more thing I guess before we move on to college football on on the bills here, but what do you what do you think about this week, very tough turnaround here against a really good team. Uh where's your head at going into this game?
3: You know, we're in full underdog mode. Um I think that fits our our team better, right? You're you're playing from essentially not behind, but you're playing <laughs> people looking down on you. Um a really big grudge match coming off of the loss to the patriots and then going up against the greatest patriot of all time right like people still hate brady the team still hates brady they still seem a patriot so i still think there's room there to have this kind of revenge game right back off the week later uh we match up pretty well against them i think uh, it should be a shootout it depends on how like we're without trey white right so dane jackson wasn't tested last week mac jones threw two passes uh we'll see how levi wallace does in his the the left cornerback spot and how Dane jackson does filling for trey i have a feeling that micah and Poyer are going to be shadowing a little bit more um which may leave an over-the-top play open a bit uh the good thing is that our nickel corner terran johnson uh is pretty good at, at covering big defenders our big offensive players yeah so Gronk shouldn't be as much of an issue as he's been in the past because we actually have a good nickel now. Um, Milano and Edmonds are also very good coverage linebackers, so they should. I'm not going to say they're going to neutralize Gronk; he'll probably get a touchdown or two. But in terms of downfield passing, I'm not too worried about him or Evans because I feel like Taron Johnson can do okay there. Chris Gowan worries a little bit me uh, worries me a little bit on the outside with uh, with the two. So the undrafted free agent and the seventh round pick as corners. Yeah. We'll see how that, that ends up going. Um, our, our run defense should be fine Uh Fernet is kind of just downhill running. And I feel like in from the second quarter on against the Patriots, we kind of had that figured out. So we'll see. I'm not too worried about their defense.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Definitely going to be a tough one coming off an emotional loss. Um, they, they, take on Tampa Bay in Tampa um this Sunday. So we'll see about that. All right. So we'll transition here to a little college football talk. Um we're gonna start off the segment right off the bat. Um and Jack, you're gonna be in the hot seat here. What uh what is your thoughts on Brian Kelly going to LSU? Um definitely talked about a lot over the past week or so however whenever he made that decision. Um, the floor is yours.
2: Okay, so I think, first and foremost, with pertaining to Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley leaving at the time they did, which is what, early December, um, and Lincoln Riley left what, <laughs> like less than 24 hours after they were eliminated, like were eliminated from the Big 12, be playing in the Big 12 championship. I think college football, again, I don't know all like the, the logistics, but they got to I mean, the reason that they left so early is because of the whole recruiting cycle. Um, I think the college has got to change that, adjust it a little bit. I feel like just for this purposes, what do you guys think about that? First off, I agree. Like I, yeah,
0: it's uh, it's tough um, because, it, like you said, if they have if they left earlier, sorry, if they left later on they would be at a disadvantage from a recruiting perspective right so I do I guess empathize with them in that regard but at the same time especially with Brian Kelly because Lincoln Riley uh, yeah they didn't really have a chance to make the playoff but Notre Dame although it was somewhat of a slim chance they definitely still had a path where they could have made the the college football playoffs and how weird would that have been if they were playing in the playoffs and he wasn't the coach that would be so weird and just, I, I don't know, it's it'd be hard to do that to your team, but.
2: Exactly, yeah. and I don't even think, I, I think a slim chance is selling them short. Like, I, I think ESPN was it the FPI, like, they had them at 40%, and all they needed, they needed, well, I guess, I don't know, I guess that was about accurate, they needed two of three to happen, probably Bama to lose to Georgia, didn't happen, Michigan to lose to Iowa, that didn't happen. Uh, and what was the last one? Oklahoma State to lose to um, whoever that was, Baylor, which did happen. So we're
3: Houston beating Cincy,
2: That too. So th- like they were like one game away from from making it for, like one more thing falling away, they make it. Um, yeah. And as you said, I mean, I've grown to love Brian Kelly so much over these past. He's been at Notre Dame since 2010, I think. Yep. He's a fantastic coach. And like I, it. I feel wrong saying I hate him, even though like he left in the way he did. Um, I don't know. I I don't really see. First off, I don't think it was right as Mitchell referenced that for him to leave at the time he did. Notre Dame has a chance to win the national championship. I don't know why he'd want to lose that, miss miss out on that opportunity. Um, and maybe I'm learning biased, but like he made the playoff twice. In the past, the play has only been around since, what, 13, 14? So the past eight years. I don't know, like, how much else. Like, do, do you think he can, like, take LSU? I don't know. I, I don't see what more he could ask for, I guess, is what I'm saying. In his in his team.
0: I don't know. I guess maybe just playing in the SEC helps you. Because Notre Dame pretty much has to go undefeated to make it. But I don't know.
2: But then, yeah, playing the A- A- SEC. Are they in the same side as Bama in Georgia or is that the other side? So Georgia's in
3: the East, Bama's in the West, I think. He's talking think about LSU. Play
0: one one of them. Do you know where LSU is?
3: LSU, I think, is in the West.
0: Okay.
2: So, I mean, that's a guaranteed matchup against a top two team. And I don't know. If you lose that, your chances are pretty, pretty getting slimmer. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I guess I'm most excited about – I love Marcus Freeman. Either defensive coordinator, uh, who they hire now as their head coach. Have you guys seen any of these videos like of when he was announced the team as their head coach or his press conference on Monday by chance?
0: Uh I heard I didn't see it. I heard about it from Kieran. Uh oh, uh, what did he say? He just said no, he just said that like everyone was like very excited when like he okay. was announced. And it was like kind of a surprise, right, that they officially announced him. Is that am I wrong?
2: Um I don't know if it was a surprise to the team. That's well, The thing is, the team wanted him. A lot of the players spoke out. I listened to a podcast that for the players, Kyle Hamilton is uh, the most notable one uh, they have. All of them say that they, like, a lot of them vouched for Freeman. And that's what Marcus Freeman really stressed in his remarks to them, that this was because of you guys. And it was just a very emotional and, like, powerful moment. And I, I mean, this is kind of just, like, buying into a story. Who knows if this would actually transpire on the field if they did make the playoff, but I don't know. I think that team would be very rejuvenated if they did make the playoff. And I mean, I don't know, they'd have to play Bam or Georgia. So I wouldn't expect to win anyway, but. Um, well, didn't Brian yeah. Kelly inform the team in
1: like a terrible way too? I thought I saw a couple of things about that. Like he like sent like a late night text or something and like, we're like a video. It did. Like well, so- it
2: broke it, the news broke on Twitter. So like he didn't, didn't even like get to tell his team first. And then, like a- after that night, like the, I think it was like in the afternoon. And then that night, he's he sa- he, ca- he sent out a message to the team saying, um, "I'll address this at our seven a.m. meeting tomorrow." And then they had the seven a.m. meeting, and he spoke for a total of less than four minutes. Oh my saying god! Saying goodbye. That's
1: an issue right there. Yeah. So they, they were already pissed off. So they were looking for yeah,
2: yeah. I saw I saw on Twitter that Brian Kelly. It was a photo of Brian Kelly leaving at 7-11 and like already on a flight like i don't know not the best way to leave in my opinion
3: yeah i think you kind of wrong with team that team felt like together about it because you know you see this with like oklahoma with lincoln riley leaving um if we want to get into that in a minute but like a bunch of recruits left i don't i don't see that happening with with brian kelly notre dame i don't know if you see the same thing jack but i don't, I don't feel like this will cause a mass exodus to the transfer portal if anything if feels like what i've seen is that people are going to stay and and rally around the coaching stuff that's that's there i know marcus freeman's a a player's coach and and the teams really seem to like him and he was rumored for a bunch of the head coaching jobs around the league as a up-and-coming candidate so uh while notre dame's a storied program and and hiring uh, a first-time head coach is not It would be a surprise in a normal cycle having Brian Kelly leave and then just promoting from internally doesn't really feel out of character. So, um, I feel like he could do a good job the the Notre Dame defense turned around and I've seen a lot of good things um, on Twitter about his scheme um, and and how well he's done and how good he's as a recruiter, as someone who doesn't like Notre Dame, it just doesn't really feel good to me. And I was never a Brian Kelly fan. Um, So I think it's a good hire for Notre Dame for sure
2: i agree about the whole recruiting thing and reference that podcast again um with the four players on it like they, they they had an emergency podcast like as soon as the news broke kinda and i mean they were very respectful in what they said about brian kelly they all said all said nothing but good things but they all really stressed that they didn't come to their Dame solely because of brian kelly they came to their name because of what Notre Dame can do for them like on and off the field as well so i think that's a and again as someone who went to notre dame and we just i just visited it but like there's i don't know something different about Notre Dame that recruits can definitely become attached to so i think it's it's easy to sell notre dame to recruits and it's not necessarily uh, coach specific so i agree with that too
0: yeah very very good thoughts very um great insight guys um but yeah, I mean, I pretty much said how I feel feel about it, and uh, it just, uh, just, just terrible. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get how you can like quote on your team like that when the season's still going on. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, I guess we can t- uh, transition quickly here to uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I did have a question: did did, did Caleb uh, Williams and, and Rattler transfer? Does anyone know?
3: Rattler's in the portal. I yeah. haven't seen anything about Williams yet. I think Williams will
0: probably stay. Okay. I, I just, I wasn't sure. I, I, I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, we definitely seen a, as Jake mentioned, you know, a, an impact that Riley's uh, exit kind of caused there. There was a ton of people. I, I got like a ton of alerts saying like this top, whatever high school prospect decommits from Oklahoma. So there was definitely a few of those and it's definitely kind of left them more negatively impacted. Yeah. So, um, what do you guys think? Do you think Lincoln Riley will kind of return USC to like top five potential? Um, Or do you think it'll, he'll just kind of, you know, they'll kind of stay where they're at and he'll just, I guess, move on to a different opportunity. What what do you guys see his impact in USC being?
2: I think there's a lot of opportunity at USC because it's in the Pac-12. I think that probably is what he's viewing maybe that's his mo- main motivation of taking the job i mean it would be kind of cool to see usc be somewhat of a powerhouse again um yeah i mean i think that's a i again as i've never been to usc i feel like that's could be easier to recruit to than oklahoma um but yeah i don't really know what else I, to add there what do you guys think I mean,
3: uh, I think five of Oklahoma's top commits were from the greater Los Angeles area. And I think all of them decommitted to from Oklahoma and committed to USC like right away.
0: Oh wow. That's um, rough.
1: Yeah.
3: They just lost they lost like a five-star quarterback, a four-star running back, and like two five star receivers. And Yikes. Another, <laughs> another guy. So um, obviously like Southern California is where most of the good talent has come from lately with with quarterbacks and, and with a lot of prospects. Um, and just California in general, you see a lot of, a lot of top talent in the league, right? I mean, the in college football right now is from California and USC has really struggled to kind of retain talent, um, and, and recruit from the area. I think it's, it's something that Lincoln Riley is very good at and he's a young, younger coach that is a, a, di- a dynamic recruiter and has a, a flashy offense, which is attractive to players. Um, he's playing in PAC 12, which is probably the second easiest power five conference, uh, with a bad Clemson ACC.
2: Oh come on now. Jack. Take it come easy. Take now. it
3: easy. Take it easy. Jack, when Wake Forest is in your championship game, it's really tough, man.
2: Hey, it's a new Clemson, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, so like that felt pretty easy. I know. I heard he wasn't a fan of, fan of Oklahoma going to the SEC, so it should be a bit easier, uh, especially with the USC's name brand recognition. We've seen the College Football Playoff Committee kind of take uh, in. in into effect that uh, team's brand recognition is a big factor um, in addition to the record. So he's got an uh, easy path to Pac-12 championship game, um, Easier recruiting. They gave him an absolutely insane package to go. He gets full private access to the plane. They bought his house for like $500,000 over asking. They bought him like a mansion in in LA. They're giving him like, multi-million dollar bonuses for moving and just it's no wonder he was there
2: in like two seconds
3: (laughs) yeah i mean the package was too good not to take i I can't and if they had offered that to pretty much any coach i feel like they would accept saving they probably would have taken it right um so all in all i think it's a win-win for him he gets out of oklahoma he gets to go to live in los angeles so i I can see why he did that and he did it after oklahoma was eliminated too it's way more professional than what brian kelly did yeah that's true
0: yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I always thought Lincoln Riley is going to end up in the league at some point. And he's still obviously very young, so he could definitely do that at some point, but um looks like his next chapter is uh, in Southern California.
1: I mean, Carol uh, went
3: from USC to the league, so there's definitely precedent there.
1: There you go. Wait, now I'm thinking about, I guess, like I got a question. Like other than retirement, how is a college football coach? like, what's like the graceful way to leave, like, and go to a different college, like, I really like, like, like honestly you're going to be screwing over recruits no matter what not even recruits like the guys that you told you're going to be there for 4 years like how like was Brian like if Brian Kelly wasted the end of the season if anything that just kind of like gives the uh, gives the players like a delay on like like figuring out what they're going to do instead so i don't know like I, and i know they could have made the playoffs still but they weren't so like uh, i'm just kind of wondering like how are you supposed to leave? I
0: think sorry go ahead jack yeah sorry
2: well if for Brian Kelly's situation oh, yeah it, it is what
1: Let me use him as an example.
2: Fine. Oh, yeah. I mean for his situation it's I don't know like what a good way to leave would be other than to not leave. <laughs> I don't know, just like to not like if your team has a shot to win at all, I don't
1: see like why how you that you could leave before the season's decided. No, yeah, I mean, I If you wait rate though like if you sign a contract with a college team with no intention of going to the NFL or retiring anytime soon you're like you're locked in for life by the sounds of it. Like I I just don't know like after 12 years right he's been there. No like, yeah he wants to leave like yeah he's gonna be he's kind of gonna be an ass no matter what
2: I think you I don't know have to wait for a down year or just I I mean I have no problem with how Lincoln Kelly left um they or sorry Lincoln Riley um is Lincoln Kelly a person I feel like that is a person but no not that I know um, <laughs> Like his team's limited. Like I feel like he's done with the season. You can, he's I don't know. He can leave. That's fine. But if your season's not over, I don't see how you could leave. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I mean, my quick answer to that would be I don't think there is a. Like you said, someone's going to be upset no matter what. So you can't really make everyone happy in that regard. And if you're, if you're like a prestigious coach, um, that's been there for a long time and. You're ingrained in that university's history and their program. It's going to be, it's going to be a hard goodbye, but literally for Brian Kelly, all he had to do was wait one more week and then it would have been, I wouldn't yeah. say totally fine, but again, that would have been all such right. a better way, in my opinion, you know,
3: True. so it, it feels like a lateral move also. Notre Dame is one of like the blue bloods of college football, right? Like, Oklahoma is too, but USC is like kind of in a, a different echelon, right? Like it's, it's got this esteemed history of, of being like a top tier team that wins BCS national championships and Rose bowls. Whereas Oklahoma's had that, but, um, and recently it, it's, there's, they're kind of in the big 12. It's not as pristine of a job as USC is like, I feel like people hold Notre Dame, USC, Alabama, um, in higher regard because of the history of the programs. Um, and Oklahoma was kind of Bob Stoops' place for a while. So it didn't really feel like Lincoln Riley was anything but uh, the next step there, whereas Brian Kelly was, like, the dude in Notre Dame for a while. And I felt like that was, yeah. like, the peak of his was job. He was winning
2: his coach in Notre Dame history.
3: Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's, like, an Irish – I'm assuming he's an Irish Catholic guy, right?
2: Yeah, and he 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 says it a lot, like, growing up as a – Catholic I think, from Boston like he he said many times like Notre Dame was his dream job
1: oh did you see the video of him at the LSU uh basketball game and like he did like a whole speech before and he suddenly like, I swear to god he suddenly has a southern accent and it's like the, yeah. the weirdest thing ever like Irish Catholic boy from Boston you said
2: yeah, I believe from Boston.
1: Yeah, I do not sound like he's from Boston. <laughs> oh, that's just so dumb. Don't do that.
0: It was, it was legitimately the most bizarre thing I saw probably all week and maybe like all month or maybe all year <laughs> to be honest. It was so weird. Like,
1: also, if you're looking like at LSU fan, like, that doesn't, that doesn't make me go, Yeah, like he's got the southern accent. Like, I like this guy. No, I'd be like, well, Who is this guy? Like, who's he trying to beat? Right?
0: He's like. And over there's my family. Like it, it wasn't. It didn't even sound like a good southern accent. That's the. He was trying really
1: hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was utterly bizarre. Um, we'll quickly just talk about the college football playoff. We don't want to spend too much time on right. it. I did want to say my random breaking news for the day is that Daniel Carlson signed a four-year contract extension with the Raiders. I know you're all Oof. wondering that. So, um, yo,
2: never sign a kicker for more than two years. I don't know. I, kickers are so up and down.
3: Yeah, in my opinion. It's got to have a lot of options on it, probably. Yeah, it's got to be like signing delayed signing bonus or something.
0: I'm gonna try to bring a random uh, mediocre breaking news uh, at each episode because I think one episode was True. a couple couple ones ago. I think I said that the Dolphins have claimed Philip Lindsay off waivers. All oh, right. So, <laughs> so I definitely like to uh, throw a little bit of uh, good, you know, random good. breaking news in there. That doesn't really matter. Um, anyway, back to college football. I think the seating. I mean, there was no drama there. I think it was pretty, you know, cut and dry of what who was going to be playing who and everyone kind of knew that they weren't going to have Bama and Georgia play each other in the first round. Um, they were going to avoid that matchup. So I think it was pretty clear that it was going to be uh, definitely these four teams and even the matchups were, were pretty set in stone. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys probably share the same opinion
3: yeah i was i was happy they put cincinnati in i was a little worried that we we're gonna drop them off even with a win um i think houston winning the week prior to move up into a, a high a little bit of a higher ranking pretty much secured Cincinnati with a win um so um i'm glad that they did what they did um I'm a little nervous for michigan georgia i feel like georgia is going to stop them and that won't be a good game but we'll see um, I, th- yeah, I think Alabama could potentially stop c too. So we'll see if we have good semifinals or not. But
0: what uh, I mean, first of all, Jake, I think that would have been ridiculous if they didn't put an undefeated Cincinnati team in there.
1: Right. Uh, long, that,
0: but. It would have been like, like, come on, like they they deserve to be in there. So I'm yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that they, they got in. Um I did want to pose this question though. Um if if Bama, would there be any way they put a two loss Bama in there if they had lost?
3: No, a lot would have had to go wrong.
2: I think they put in undefeated Notre Dame over two lost Bama.
3: What about a
0: one loss Notre Dame over Alabama?
2: I'm sorry. I meant, I meant one loss Notre Dame over two lost Bama, especially because since he's the team they lost to and since he's in, in this scenario.
3: Yeah. I think, see. I think since he would have had to lose, Baylor did lose. Um, and so if, if Alabama loses in a close game to Georgia, Cincinnati loses and Baylor lost, I think we could have had an Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame final four.
2: And then I throw in a Michigan loss in there too. Like if Michigan happened to lose to Iowa, then like that would have also
3: helped to lost Bama. Yeah, there were, there were definitely scenarios where that easily could have happened, but, um, but based on the results of last weekend, just flipping the Alabama Georgia game, I don't know what would change that unless it was like a, a last second nail biting field goal or something like that. Yeah.
0: I was, I was uh, slightly worried about that, that they would put a two loss spam in there, but didn't matter. They ended up winning. Um, Bryce Young played fantastic. They did lose their receiver out for the year, right? Uh, Mechie, John yeah, Mechie. Yeah. yeah. So He's good too. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, that affects them in any way um, or shape and form. So
3: he's their wide receiver too this season. I think Jamison Williams, right. Is their number one.
0: Yeah. What that Williams guy is really good. I mean, that was the first time I saw him in like a full capacity, but like he was, he was really good. He's super fast and he's, 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 he's fantastic. So, um, all right, I guess does anyone have anything else to say? And then we can kind of move to our final segment here for lock of the week. I think, um, I'm all set.
2: Really quickly, I mean, we're talking about college football. Just very quickly, I got—I have to shout out Pitt for winning the ACC championship. And if you haven't seen it, everyone needs to watch uh, Kenny Pickett's 64-yard touchdown or 54-yard touchdown run. It was the best play I've ever seen.
3: Are they going to ban the fake slide? Yeah, that was that was dumb.
2: That I don't was, know.
1: That annoyed me. I hope
2: not.
3: I've heard
1: rumors. I love that they
3: it. Make it illegal.
1: I think. I don't think he. I thought I thought I, the moment you give yourself up, and he gave himself up technically.
3: Like
2: yeah, like I don't think he went into that play like premeditated. Like if I'm gonna scramble, I'm gonna do a fake slide. I think he was just thinking about slide. Like in the moment was gonna slide, and realized there was like open space to the right, so then he decided not to slide. So if that means anything, it's
1: a dirty um, what you're saying?
2: Yeah, but I in the moment it was incredible, and we were all going nuts. And then the scene at pit afterward was. Amazing,
3: it was fun in Charlotte too.
2: That's right, Jake was Jake was right near it. Jake was so close to the Kenny Pickett fake slide play.
3: I was Jack. I let me tell you, I was probably about I don't know flip of the coin away from going to the game. Their tickets were fifty. Really? Yeah, tickets $50. were pretty cheap. Yeah. So my uh, I was with my buddy and another one of my friends from college, and she she did not want to come with us. But if uh, like, Arjun and I were like, let's go, let's go to the game, fifty bucks, <laughs> like why not? Yeah, couldn't convince her to, to pay up.
2: So. Uh it's unfortunate.
3: Yeah, I would have lost it. I was I was rooting for Pitt that game. So nice. Yeah, it was yeah. a great game.
0: The the new Clemson. So we'll see how they do <laughs> in the future here.
2: Oh no, i after this year, I'm mailed in for Pitt football. It's gonna be rough.
0: Come on, we'll have see. a little more confidence.
2: I don't Kenny's gone. Our offensive coordinator just left. If you guys saw that, yeah, um, let's
3: with that. Where's he going? He took
2: the OC job in Nebraska, which also confuses me. Like that's as similar to what Jake said with Kelly making a lateral move to LSU. I feel like this is a downgrade. It's a stepping down. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't quite get it, but maybe, I don't know. I don't want to speculate.
3: Don't want to speculate. All right. The real reason Pitt's going to be bad is because you're leaving.
2: That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have a huge effect on Pitt football. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah there we go all right so we're going to go to lock of the week here uh as always we're going to give you a recap here of how uh jack shreff and i did last week and jack and shreff enjoyed uh great weeks they went two and oh with their picks i cannot say the same for myself i went oh and two Shreff uh, picked the Cardinals minus seven and a half, and they beat the Bears by, I believe, 11, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He also picked the football team to win, uh, uh, to cover two and a half, and they won outright. So Shreff went 2-0, improving his record to 11, 11-1, and, and putting him in first place in the standings as it stands today. Jack picked the Cowboys four and a half, and they beat the Saints by, I don't know, probably like a touchdown. More time, than that. It was. No, yeah.
2: it was more, yeah, it was... They beat them. They took care of business handily. probably
0: More. Uh and the Bucks, uh, Jack picked the cover eleven and they won 30 to 17. So they won by 13. And I did not have a good week. I picked the 49ers to cover three and a half and they lost by seven to the uh, Seahawks. And this one was pretty close, but you know, I was fired up about Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater, as I always am, and didn't pan out. They lost by a le- um thirteen, I think. So yeah. I didn't quite get the nine and a half there. Um, but, you know, Teddy Bridgewater till we die. So Shreff's in first, as I said, at 11, 11, and one. Jackson second at 10, 12, and one. And I'm in third at 10 and 13. So still relatively close, only separated by a game and a half between Streff and I. Still anyone's game. We have, let's see, 14, 15, 16, 17, five weeks left. So definitely a lot of uh, games left to pick and a lot of movement to happen. I will read Shreff's picks off because he's not here and he gave it to us prior. He has the Ravens plus two and a half and Cowboys minus four. So that is Shreff's lock of the weeks. I don't know his reasoning behind doing so, but that's that's what it has. And um, who's going first?
2: Jake go first. Guess goes first. Gus goes first.
3: Right. Um, so I thought it would be more fun to pick underdogs against the spread. So I've got Ravens plus two and a half against the Browns. Um, I think divisional matchup just coming out, I feel like they're going to win out right against the Browns. I'm not too high on the Browns right now. I think i need to turn it around a little bit. Um, and I, th- I think the Ravens are coming off of a tough loss and are, are going to be fired up to try and win a divisional game. And then my second one is Lions plus eight and a half against Denver. I think they keep that within a touchdown uh, coming off a big win. I think Denver is terrible. Um, and I think the Lions have a lot of fighting them and the Broncos don't. So those are my two.
0: You guys oh, well, very nice. Um, I, I definitely appreciate picking the underdogs there. Um, Cause I feel like we tend to gravitate towards the favorites, but yeah. Um... You know, there's a reason why both sides are minus one ten in order to cover the spread. So, right. you guys know uh, the Lions technically still have a chance to make the playoffs; they're not eliminated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's, that's, the,
2: that's what they're playing for. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: what they're playing. Jack, who do you want to go first?
2: I'll go. Um, so I did have the Ravens, but I'll I won't pick the Ravens just for the for the sake of being different. Um, My first one, I'm going to go with... um, I'm going to take the Saints. I'll take the Saints minus five and a half against the Jets. Uh, We talked about the Jets earlier. They stink. Um, Saints are getting Kamara back. We also said that earlier, so that's a reason to take them. I don't know. I I just think the the Saints... Then the Saints, weren't they five and two? Then they're five and seven without Jameis. Uh, So, hopefully they can get their first win with, uh, with who's going to be under center Hill. Yeah. Taysom Hill looked pretty bad, but I'm um, still going to go with the Saints. I just think they're, they are six points better than the jets. I hope they are.
0: Yeah. That jets defense really got exposed. So Saints should run for 200 plus against them. Right. My first pick here um, is definitely going to, upset someone in this zoom call um i'm picking the bucks minus three and a half uh sorry <laughs> uh, since 2020 so that's the time the Tom Brady has been there the bucks have the third best cover rate as home favorites so that's my stat to back that up and i said it earlier i mean the bills are on a little bit of a shorter week they have to travel and it was a very emotional loss so Fair. i think the bucks are going to win by It'll still be a close game. I'm going to say by four to six points.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason I said we're underdogs in my segment, right? Like I, I, I think it would be a surprise to win, but I, I, well, I I expect us to lose, but I think it would, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if we win, right. Like, yeah, it's the reason the line's only three and a half for a reason, despite us losing to the Patriots, the Jaguars, and a couple other rough losses along the way. So.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I just, uh, I want to feel confident in my picks because they have not been good recently, so I'm going to try to align myself with uh, arguably the best team in football in Tampa, so that's kind of my logic behind that one. Uh, Jack, who was your second lock of the week?
2: Um, My second, I'm going with the Seahawks. Seahawks minus seven and a half against the Texans. Um, Seahawks are not great, um, but coming off. The win against the 49ers. Maybe they got some mojo to them. Jamal Adams is out for the season. I just remembered that as I was as saying this pick. So I'm a little less confident in it now, but I'm going to stick with it. Texans are still pretty terrible. So I'm hoping Russ can pull out an eight point win. I don't, these picks are, I think a lot of these ones are tough this week.
0: Yeah. Um, Another good golden rule is to always uh, bet against Davis Mills. Tyrod Taylor will be out this week.
2: That too, I forgot to say.
0: Um, that. So that's always a good thing um, in that. So I actually, hate the yeah,
3: Seahawks, but it's the Texans, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, the Seahawks could always drop a dud, and only I could see this game being like. I can't see the Texans winning in any way, but I can see it being like a.
2: Within seven. Yeah. Like
0: 13 to nine or like 16 to 10 game or something like that. I could definitely envision that, but you know, Seahawks would definitely win and you know, hopefully they win by eight or more for your sake. My final lock of the week is, um, let me see. I have it written down here. I'm going with the Titans minus eight and a half, uh, since 2018, Jacksonville has the second worst cover rate in the NFL at 39.7%. In the last nine meetings between these two teams, Tennessee is eight and one overall, not against the spread, just overall. And they have an average margin of victory in those eight wins of 14.25. So they tend to blow out Jacksonville, at least in recent memory. And I know they've been kind of on a downswing here The uh, their past couple of games. I know they lost to the Patriots and who was the other team they lost to? Anyone remember? It was not uh, a great win.
3: lost to the Jets earlier in the year.
0: They lost to them earlier in the year. They lost to the Patriots and I can't remember the other one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They've been on a little bit of a skid here. They had a bye week last week, I think. Mike- lost to yeah, the Texans. Yeah, there we go. They lost to the Texans and the Patriots, so uh, not good luck there with the Texans loss, but They um, I don't know. I think they're going to regroup after the bye week here. And uh, I like the chances against Jacksonville because they've they've really owned them um, over the past few seasons. So there you have it. They're my lock of the weeks. I, I feel like I'm not as energetic about them this week because I feel like I'm usually more fired up about my picks, especially when Teddy's involved. But I don't know. You know, when you go zero and two, you're a little bit down. When the energy's down. I got to get a couple wins to bring it back up. So sorry. What's to- your
2: record? What's your record picking Teddy this year?
0: To uh, one and three. <laughs> you can't. I mean, you, blame gotta me, a, you, you gotta find. You gotta find a new. A you new... can't blame me though. I mean, the numbers speak for itself. I mean, how could I go against history like that?
3: Why are you betting Teddy Bridgewater?
0: Teddy Bridgewater. Uh,
3: here we go. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater's career record against the spread is um. Like, way higher than ever you would think it is. If you look it up, I don't remember what it is. I should have this memorized. It's like, you know, my mom. Well, as a,
2: he's even better as an underdog, too, according to your numbers, right? That's another yeah. element of it. He is, I, the number I haven't is like 38 and 13.
0: Oh, shoot. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but you don't feel good
3: betting, Teddy. <laughs>
2: yeah. And the Broncos, as Jake said, are horrible. I, I predict them to have four wins preseason. I was wrong on that. They did not go,
1: they're not going to go four and 13, but they're so bad. By the way, Bridgewater is 41, 19 and one against the spread. So That's very good. He's covered 67.2% of his career.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, there, I think I'm reading the same article as you, Joey. That didn't factor in last week's not cover. But anyway, still, okay. he's 41, 20 and one against the spread. And I mean that's just ridiculous. That's that's you know you would never think that but that's just the fact remains he covers spreads. And so far when I've picked them this year it hasn't really worked out but I have to believe that over time if you stick with the same process with these trends it would work out. So I'm not wavering but again I'm wavering this week because I'm not uh you know I don't know. Although this would be the week to do it because it is the Lions and I know they're coming off hot off this win but I digress. There you have it. Those are our picks also, of the week.
1: The more important uh, stat Mitchell is that uh Teddy Bridgewater is 18 and 3 against the spread in his career as a road underdog. So that's the big one. If he's a road under well, he's not by the way, right? He's first of at home, I think, they're right? Home he's a home
2: favorite. So yeah, we're way on the other side of the equation here. All right, if he's a road underdog.
1: Yeah.
0: There we go. Um so yeah, Jake, that that's the reason why. Um so anyway, that is our episode today, folks? Thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully, I do better this week for lock of the week, and hopefully for Jake's sake, I don't because I picked the, the bucks sure. to cover three and a half. So just to build off on breaking news, it's four years, 18.4 million dollars for Daniel Carlson and a 10.2 guaranteed. He is the third highest paid kicker in the NFL. So there you go. Well,
1: I have
3: to wait until I see what. The signing bonus structure is before I judge that one. Right. Kicker contracts are weird because sometimes they'll toss in a few like voidable years that are not really years and then just push the signing bonus over them to create cap space. Right. So
0: Carlson is a pretty good kicker though, for for what it's worth. He's good. But yeah. He's having a good season. So, all right. Thank you for hopping on today's episode, Jake and Joey. We really appreciate your time filling in for Shref here. And um, you're welcome and Jake's welcome anytime. I don't know about Joey, but Mm. um, thanks for coming on guys.
3: Of course. Always happy to be on. Invite me whenever Mm -hmm. happy to join. Awesome.
0: All right, folks, thank you for listening. Um, Be sure to show the share the show with your friends and your um, your family and anyone you may may know. Um, And follow us on Instagram at hogline podcast and follow us on TikTok at hogline podcast. We're trying to create some contact there and um you know have a different avenue for content in a a new audience perhaps so all right thanks guys and i'll catch you next week in another episode